Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. I want another episode of Let's Hear It for the Boys, the podcast about the boys on Prime Video. I am a boy. I'm Alex. I'm a boy. I'm Justin. <laughs> I'm Pete. Wait, are you a boy? Why does it matter? You know what I mean? That's wow. a great point. I love Gender that. identity is a construct, Pete. Thank Hell you for bringing yeah, that up. Dude. Stop trying to fucking but, put me in a box and let, let me live, man. Yeah, not Anytime. all the boys are boys. <laughs> let the yeah, boys be boys. Let the boys be boys. And let the girls be girls and let the theys be theys. That's what I always say. We're going to be talking, speaking of sexes, about the female of the species, the latest episode of The Boys. And by latest, I mean an episode that came out a while ago, but we're getting up to it now. Yep. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to lay out just uh, very briefly what happened in the plot, and then we're going to dive into some aspects of it. If you haven't watched the episode before, check it out first. We're going to spoil the heck out of it. You can't come into this podcast and expect to come in clean. You got to do some research. You got to do some studying first. Come on. Yeah, do your you know? homework. Come on. This isn't. You're not a senior. Hey, you you're know, maybe just what, coasting. what about the people who just want to listen to a podcast and don't want to see the show? It's fine. Whoever wants to listen for whatever reason, stop trying to, you know, just let them be. Oh, yeah, just go ahead and walk past the Mona Lisa and don't say anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Live your life, man. This isn't this American life, Pete. We're not spoon feeding things to people on a silver platter. <laughs> they yes. got to do a little work to get into this podcast about the. No, boys. they don't. I mean, they have to download down. Listen to it. That's all they have to do. Ira Glass, Ira, kiss my ass. That's wow. what I have to say. Exactly. Wow. We're not Pod Save America just mumbling our way through the political <laughs> news of the day. We're giving it to you straight. Hey, you know what? Oh what the fuck you? That's what I have to say. Yeah. It, WTF, WTF, like the Mark yes, Madden podcast. Yes, yeah, yeah. Got you, got you, yeah, got you. Was, we will cry. We are like WTF in that one or, <laughs> one or all of us will be crying at some point. Absolutely. Uh, so Female of the Species, uh, this is, of course, once again, picking up, uh, not right at the end of the last episode, but uh, we started off back in time. We find out a little bit more about Butcher and his relationship with his wife slash ex-wife. Uh, no spoilers there, but you'll get into more of that over the course of the season. Uh, but basically what they're trying to do is track down what's going on with Compound V. They don't know what Compound V is yet, but they know that A-Train, who killed Huey's girlfriend and a train's girlfriend popclaw are both using it using it and it seems to be giving them even more superpowers it's hepping them up they don't know what's going on with it they they're don't know exactly what it, yeah they're all hepped up hep they're having a real uh uh what's it called not soda crawl uh soda like crawl a, what's a soda I don't crawl like old-timey ice cream crawl? social i don't know why i <laughs> what do you got how many soda crawls are you going on these days Oh, uh, <laughs> well, I don't know what Pete. a soda crawl is, but it sounds fun. Uh, I man. feel like if anybody knows what a soda crawl is, it's you, Pete. 
Pete? Yeah, the Mountain well, Dew I've... across town. The Mountain Dew across town is really great. You got to get there. There's nothing Stop wrong with the Dew. Uh, but no. I've done I've done uh, bar crawls. Um, ah, those that are checks fun. out. Yeah, uh, congratulations! You're a big boy. Uh, big so flex. Big they flex are trying to track down Compound V. They are blackmailing Popclaw to find out more about it, and in the process, they uh, come across uh, the back of a Chinese supermarket or Asian supermarket. I guess I shouldn't assume it's a Chinese supermarket. It's an yeah, Asian supermarket. And, uh, sorry, I'm being very uh, Alex assuming. putting every, everybody in a box. Just being a <laughs> shitty white really male am. is what you're being. Come on. Oh, I think shit. I think I'm about to be canceled. Do yeah, you think? Good. Is that true? Oh, it, it is cancel season, and you're up next, my friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if anything was, was going to cancel me, it was going to be the fourth episode of our Boys Recap Podcast. Fuck yeah. yeah. So back of an Asian supermarket, uh, they discover a strange woman who, uh, yeah, I don't even think they refer to her as this, but it's the female. Uh, she is the latest member of the boys who's joining up with their crew. Uh, she is almost feral. She seems to have superpowers of her own. And after they she's track like her a, down at a... What? She's like a Wolverine, if you will, a little bit. Uh, angry person who doesn't talk too much, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, sure. She's like the best there is that what she does. Uh, so she's she the goes best a little at nuts. She, people that they know. Yeah, exactly. Yes. She is the Wolverine of the show. Uh, they, she fights the A train a little bit. Uh, they get her out of the way. And ultimately, thanks to some outreach from Frenchie, she seemingly joins up with them. Um, at the same time on the seven side of things, Annie is going out on a date with Huey. It's very cute. I'm sure we'll spend a lot of time talking about that. Also, the deep is really trying to find his place, trying to be respected in some way. Uh, and in the process, ends up killing a dolphin. Uh, and the last thing, last plot line is Homelander and Maeve once again team up, in this case, to stop some hijackers. And it goes absolutely horrifically wrong like basically as wrong as it possibly can go yeah so that's the broad overview of the plot uh let's dive into some specific stuff as we've been doing the past couple of episodes i think it's probably good to start talking about the female how how'd you feel about this character how do you feel about the, how they executed on her based on the comic uh what was your take well, I I love her in this. I think it, uh, it's great. Uh, you know, it's one of those things when you have a character who doesn't talk, it's got a lot be uh, done with the face and how they kind of act. And I really love her facial stuff, especially like the way she walks through the salon was really amazing. <laughs> uh, just it's a lot of small things that I think are very powerful and cool. Uh, I, I like the mystique of this character and the way this is kind of set up. First, you just see somebody watching TV like they do underneath the table. No big deal. Uh, and then, uh, you know, you see her tear through a couple people. So maybe an eyebrow is raised. Uh, but, you know, then uh, <laughs> Frenchie, you know, is not giving up on her. And I appreciate about that, about Frenchie. But it's weird because... Frenchie has a girlfriend, and he's kind of mean to her in this after she, like, saved their butt in the last episode, and I don't appreciate that. Well, it is interesting, like, um, to your point about it, not even her face, but just her whole physicality is so uh, so great in the show. Like, she's, you know, 
sort of a, a smaller person, but she's just like plays it so physically. She's so imposing despite that. Um, and then, I, yeah, I agree. Like, the, what is the Frenchy connection with? Uh, I see what you did with there. He, <laughs> with uh, with her. Like, why is he so um, obsessed with her? Well, I think it comes down to the thing that he reveals to her at the end of the episode, right? He keeps reaching out with her. And certainly to your point, like while I was watching this relationship, I was thinking, why does he immediately spark to her? Why is he immediately interested in her? And by the end of the episode, whether it's true or not, he tells a story to her about his own childhood where his father picked him up one day, took him on a journey clearly burned him a couple of times, probably with cigarettes, tortured him every time he would escape, he'd bring him back. So immediately seeing this woman behind a table, essentially in a cage, I mean, I guess a cell, but in a cage, he understood what she was going through and immediately almost imprints on her. The funny thing about it is like, she's the animalistic one, but he's the one that imprints on her, not vice versa. I think... Again, not to spoil stuff, but that comes like a little more down the road. They're still very tied together, but uh, it's it's all on him. Yeah, so he kind of like uh, sees her and immediately recognizes something uh, that he relates to about her. You know how uh, how he talks about how he grew up and stuff. And I think it's it's an interesting bond that is immediate, and he's willing to risk their lives as well as his for this kind of gut feeling, which is really interesting. And then, of course, that pisses off Mother Mother's Milk, who hates how he doesn't stick to the plan and goes with his gut a lot. So I, I also would be very frustrated if, uh, you know, you have a plan and somebody would be going all over the place when, you know, other people have things and uh, lives they want to live. I do think there. I know uh, Mother's Milk is pissed, but it's also sort of baked into the boys any plan they have. Like, well, someone's going to fuck this up, and uh, we're going to adapt. Um, because I do think they're like, here goes Frenchie doing this thing again, and then they they go along with it eventually. Everyone's sort of they trust each other enough. Because, like, honestly, what do the boys have to cling to? They're not. They don't have any powers. They're doing this these impossible tasks, uh, trying to take down the most powerful people in the world. And really, the only few things they have on hand are the fact that they're up, willing to do anything and that they trust each other sort of implicitly while also being assholes to each other. Well, I mean, I think that ties into the big thing that everybody talked about when this episode came out. And I think like... One of the first big breakout moments of the season is Butcher's Spice Girls speech that he gives towards the end, which is great. It's excellent. But to that point, like, not to get too wonky about it or anything, but that's kind of the appeal of the Spice Girls, right? Is that, oh, there are five people that are totally unconnected. What are they doing together? Oh, but somehow it works. And it's fun and it's fun to watch and they clearly have a chemistry going on. And even though I've seen a lot of disagreement about his breakdown of the Spice Girls since then, I do think that it does get to the heart of like this TV version, at least what works with the boys is that they are. It's almost like an improv group, right? Like, oh, here we go. What would you know shit about an improv group? Yeah, what the fuck, man? <laughs> it's almost like an improv group. It's a piece of shit. 
Why, <laughs> why wouldn't you say a sketch group? That's something you know about. No, because it's, because they are. They're improvising. Like, that's they're what improvising. Justin is saying, is that oh, okay. something goes wrong, and immediately they trust each other, even though they f- hate each other. That happens in sketch shows. What? Wait, what that are happens you saying? in sketch what? shows. You think they're a sketch group? Yeah, I think they're a sketch group. You know, you have a plan, then one guy starts getting laughs and going off the cuff, and everybody's got a cover for them because that one person is like, oh, my God, and just loving it too much and kind of screwing things up for everybody. But everybody else has got to adjust. Otherwise, you won't make it to the end of the show. I think they're a mime troupe. That's Ooh. who they are. The original form of comedy. Uh, on this, on the Spice Girls tip, though, I really love that he says the line, and it, it feels like sort of bar talk. Something someone says in a bar that like sort of works, and it it works to get everybody sort of wound up. Um, but if you look at it like the way the internet looked at it, it was like, okay, yeah, it's not really the whole thing. <laughs> uh, but I do love the way that um, the line later, "What if she's a Spice Girl?" I feel like that mm-hmm. is like. They take this sort of goofy thing and make this oddly poignant moment out of it. And like, that's fucking, that to me is where the win is there. Well, you add in the thing that uh, isn't immediately obvious the first time you watch through the episode, but he is talking with Becky, his ex, at the beginning of the episode about seeing the Spice Girls reunion concert. So when they ask him later on why... Do you know so much about the Spice Girls? The reason is because of this woman that he's lost that he's still obsessed with. And so there's that layer there as well. And then you throw on the next thing, which is, I think, the funniest thing, the grossest thing of the episode. But Wannabe gets layered in under the dolphin death scene towards the end. It's, It's just like they hit... From the comedy's perspective, again, they hit a very nice rule of threes. They have the setup at the beginning with Becky. They have the Becca, second Becca. beat with him giving the speech, and they have the third beat with the dolphin, and it works very well. Yeah, classic the sketch dolphin. move. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the dolphin stuff is so. I, I love the way they made the deep is such a like a, a villain at the beginning of this uh, season, um, and now he's just fucking. He's so stupid. Like he's yeah. instantly, well, I think that's such a, a smart way to, like, cause otherwise this character sort of burnt. Like he's, he uh, assaulted Starlight. He's such a bad presence. And then now he, we can, we burnt. can just drag him through the mud for all these episodes. And it, it makes him a functional part of this, the narrative and the story. And like, it's just so smartly done. And this whole scene is just really well done. The, the, well, What's funny is it also starts off with his therapy, you know, and there is this like genuine uh, love of dolphins that he has. And he's like talking about how they're hilarious. And then like you get like a little commercial spot before the date starts. And it's like this guy is horrible. What he did to Starlight was horrible. Uh, And then all of a sudden you see like how dumb he is and how he just wants to. Uh, belong and be a part of the group and like the whole thing was still well where he's like I have a mission and he's nervous about talking with her and it's just like it's very it's it's you just want to you like you can't it's just interesting though the character stuff they do with him where you kind of all you want to do is hate him but because he's struggling and he's so dumb like you know and then the, the whole dolphin thing is just ridiculous Absolutely ridiculous. 
Well, to the point you guys are saying, and we talked about this quite a bit the last episode, but uh, I think what they do very nicely with the deep is get you to understand him while not forgiving him. Yes. And this is certainly a, I'm spoiler again, I guess here, but like he does, he never gets redemption at any point in the season, Uh, which is something at this point, like I loved watching it, but I was so worried that we were on a, he hits rock bottom so that he can come back up and redeem himself arc. And that's not what you get at all. It's just constantly shitting on him one time after another. And this is that first indication of it. Uh, him calling himself, I'm the diversity hire because he swims under the ocean and talks to Amazing. Uh, yeah, sea creatures. Cool. So funny. His name being Kevin, nothing against the Kevins of the audience, but very much a Kevin. Yeah. Uh, it, it's great. All of the stuff they do with him is exactly right. And there are so many ways they could have gotten this wrong. The real lesson is don't be Aquaman. And mm-hmm. he is so fucking Aquaman, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He's the I most mean, I, Aquaman that any Aquaman could ever be. Exactly. Well, I, well, I, you know, I mean, I hope Aquaman isn't this horrible of a person. And also, like, I don't, you know, I didn't really appreciate the you diversity mean, of you mean the joke. real Aquaman, right? Yeah. The real life Aquaman? Well, yeah, I'm talking about uh, Jason Momoa, okay? The real life oh, Aquaman. Oh you, mean, oh, you mean the actor Jason Momoa? <laughs> no, no, he's real life Aquaman. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Wait, hold on. I have a, I have a couple follow-up <laughs> questions there. <laughs> so you think Jason Momoa has been acting for many years, and now mm-hmm. he's finally like, I guess I'll just play myself in this uh, DC movie Well, that's franchise. what happens. A lot of time in, uh, in an actor's life, and I'm sure you, you know this. Um, I'm a classically you, trained actor. Yeah, I and, know. Um, I look forward to revealing who I am to someday play him. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, you know, a- is the is the implication here? Is the implication here that Aquaman has been playing Jason Momoa this entire time? Yeah, think about that. Um, wow, what's your, what's oh, your conspiracy theory called? It's like not QAnon, but it's like something <laughs> similar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, just yes. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> I'm glad we talked yeah. about improv earlier, so you could just say yes. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Uh, I don't remember what we were talking about before you guys started derailing my uh, thoughts. Uh, but yeah, um, I don't know. Can we talk about the goddamn airplane shit yet? Sure. Yes. Let's talk about the airplane shit. Uh, go ahead, Pete. This is one of the most traumatic things the show does all season long. Oh God. L- like the fact, like okay, they get the tip. You know, it's fucked up that they're getting shit ahead of other people, but whatever. That's what their evil money is going towards. So you know, they're like, okay, you got to go, and um, you know, she's like, if you save them, that would we would be in the clear. But the problem is, what we've seen of Homelander so far is he doesn't save people. It goes. Not that way. So I was watching it the first time like, oh, my God, is he going to do one perfect mission? If he could just not be a complete evil person for one whole mission. And it starts off so well. He's playing it well. Like, oh, you are the heroes. You guys are. But then, like, so he starts taking out bad guys. Great, great. Everything's going good. But then when they get to the cockpit, he's purposely sloppy so the plane has to go down, and then in front of everybody, as the plane's going down, he's talking to Maeve like, yeah, there's no way to save everybody. And all the ideas she's coming up with, he's shooting down. 
because he doesn't really want to do it. And then he just leaves everybody on the plane. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely going to save you guys. And they all die. That's interesting. You you think he did it on purpose? Yeah, that he's Pete? he's uh, all the times he shows you how precise he is with those laser beams. And then he does a wide spray uh, and gets all of the gear on the uh, the cockpit. No, that's yeah, that's he did that on purpose. See, I, I, I think maybe I agree with Alex. I think he's just a reckless asshole. And then he because I, I do think there's a moment where he feels he feels bad. Like he wants to. He's like, well, I fucked this up. Oh, well, no, let's go. Well, I do. I mean, it's not like he wanted he got went up there to be like, let's kill these people. Oh, he's no, just, he like, definitely did. I, I don't think that I don't think so. I think he's a reckless asshole and it's excruciating to watch this whole like sort of long sequence through Maeve's eyes. Who's like, let's save them. And he's like, no, it's burnt. It's not going to work. No, and I he's think a sociopath. He, I think he is someone who believes he's a God. He has reached a, a level above the law and he is playing a part. But his true self is that evil person who doesn't give a fuck and is just trying to get away with everything that he can. Uh, to that point, uh, I think I'm more on Justin's side here in terms of like he fucks up. I think the way that they yeah. film the stuff. <laughs> yeah, the that's that right. They, <laughs> the way that they film the stuff of the cockpit is it's frenetic. Things go wrong this is like very quickly. The, did Han shoot first here? No way. Well, hold on, hold he on, hold fucking... on. Because, because I do think you made a good point here, Pete, but like I, I think the cockpit thing is an accident. Nope. He doesn't mean to shoot up the plane or anything like that. Yes, he does. But his main goal is not to save the people. He doesn't want to save anybody. I think what he wants to do is he wants to get that military contract for Stillwell so he can move up the ranks because that seems to be his main motivation that he set up in previous episodes. So he gets that anyway. Like he very, he fucks up by blowing up the cockpit, but like clearly makes a calculation of like, you know what? I can turn this around, which he does at the end of the episode. So like you've been saying, Justin, it's burnt. Let's get off the plane. Let's save ourselves. We're not going to die on this plane to be heroes. And we can still get this military contract because I can give a big rousing Nazi speech at the end here to all these people (laughs) uh, and do it even better than it was before. And I I think that's his like sort of uh, high level brain goal. But I think he's also driven by like, I want to land this plane and be the hero in the moment. I want everyone to take my picture and tell me how great I am. And when he knows that's not going to happen, he doesn't care about saving even one person's life. So he's like, well, fuck this. You know, yeah, I think because you guys are so attached to like comics and Superman and stuff like that, you can't believe how evil he is. He is showing you that he oh, does yeah, not give tell a us, fuck. Tell and us, you Mr. guys Free are like, of oh, comics, no, there's a Mr. little good left in him. No, no, he wanted to save those people. Tell no, us, Galaxy Brain Pete, what are you, your enlightened <laughs> fucking Buddhist sense? Like, where uh, he. It, he sees the true face of evil, Pete LePage. Still, yeah, by the way, Pete, thank you so much for sending me my geek card. It's been a while, yeah. but I, I really appreciate <laughs> you sending it out yeah. because I know you're the gatekeeper of that. Thank you. So, <laughs> when Stillwell talks to him at the beginning, you can tell by the look in his face he's not going to do any of that shit. He does what he wants to because he's Homelander. That's what he said to that IT girl. Like he's like, I can do whatever the fuck you want. He believes that. She pretends to give him orders. But he is fucking running the show. And so he was like, uh, you know, fuck all this when he's up there because he got sick of being phony. 
So if the boys are the Spice Girls, what is the seven? Ooh, what's the opposite of the Spice Girls? The Insane. Backstreet Boys? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say S Club 7. Or technically, if it's true, a true opposite, it'd be someone like John Denver. Oh, yeah, that's that's John fair. Denver's full <laughs> of there, shit. I don't, think, I don't think there's seven of him. Uh, but yeah, I I have a conspiracy theory you're going to want to hear right now. <laughs> oh, there are all there have always been seven John Denvers, oh, and that we're, makes sense. Oh, man. we're about you run, it, that, uh, you run that Dianon board, right? Dianon, exactly. Um, our home base is in uh, Rocky Mountain High. Uh, <laughs> it's very hard to find, but we are coming strong. All right, let's talk about the date. Yes, let's definitely talk about the date. This is great. Uh, I love, and, and again, we talked about this. A little bit the last episode, but I love how they're playing this Huey Annie relationship yeah. with the setup that Butcher knows about it. He feels very torn in terms of, um, oh, maybe maybe they're sort of like Natalie and Brulia, now that I mentioned torn. Anyway, uh, so he feels sort of <laughs> torn about should he continue to investigate the seven? Does he actually like Annie? And that's played out so nicely through the scene where they end up going on a date. They go bowling uh, and... A lot of it, to the show's credit, is played on the actors' faces. Like, yeah. there's just these brief moments where both of them kind of go back and forth about each other. It's not in the dialogue. It's the subtext. It's written so nicely. It's acted so nicely. Uh, and it ultimately ends up in such a sweet, nice place by the end of the scene. Yeah. It's, it's amazing they're able to, like, in a show where there's so much going on and so much of it is is intense, is a lot, to, like to be able to have a scene, uh, a sequence like this date existing right next to this horrible hijacking disaster is a real testament to like the way they, they sort of uh, put this show together because this is like a great ro- This could be a great romantic comedy dating scene, like where yeah, he, she's holding back on being, it is, she's holding back on being a good bowler. And then she reveals that she's a badass. Like I, I love yeah. that. And the, yeah. the fact that it has layered underneath it that, He's secretly uh, imagining Robin watching him. He's secretly cloning her phone to um, further his uh, butcher's goals. Like, all that's happening, and we still get a sweet scene on top. Yeah, it's really impressive uh, to see kind of like in the middle of this violence and over-the-top crazy bullshit, uh, these really sweet moments. And uh, see kind of like Huey goes from like finding out translucent has a kid and the look on his face when he's throwing that ball and just like drops it. Uh, and like, he's trying to do so much in this scene, you know, he's trying to be honest with her, but also like, is really thinking about tapping her phone and doing horrible things. And it's just the kind of like insanity around a rom-com is such a fun idea something that we've seen so many times that makes it fresh and these two actors have to do a lot of heavy lifting and they pull it off and it's like we're rooting for them even though like maybe we shouldn't you know even though that Huey uh kind of got that talk like she's a soup she's horrible you know which is and she's stood up to butcher and was like no man she's a good person fuck you do you think she's the one that killed the pilots in the plane Pete? <laughs> no. Are you sure? Yes. She's she's pretty. She's a soup. She's pretty precise with her starlight powers. Yeah, that yeah. is true. Well, but she is a she is a light in this evil place. 
The thing that I think is the point of the scene is Huey realizing she is actually who she, who she says she is. Yeah. That Butcher is like, all soups are bad. They're all terrible. That's the place that Huey has come from. He idolized soups. A-Trade killed his girlfriend. He now distrusts all of them, thinks they're all terrible. That has been his experience with all of them. And so he expects that from Annie, but he finds out halfway through the scene or halfway through the series of scenes that, no, in fact, she's being earnest. She's being honest. She is being her true person with him, even if she's not being with anybody else. And that's why he ultimately makes the decision to do that very smartly written uh, line where he says, listen, I have to come clean with you. And as an audience, we're watching that like, oh my God, is he about to tell her everything about Butcher? But he does, this is going to sound terrible, but the smart lying thing where like you set up a lie, you set up the truth so that you can tell the lie uh, and you tell like a half truth there. And that's what he does. He allows it to free up his conscience. Fucking diabolical. Well, yeah, what the fuck, guy. dude? Now I don't trust anything you've said to us over all 13 years. You've been truth lying us this whole time? Exactly. It's, Pete, a, it's actually 14 years lie. Yeah. Oh. Pete, I have to come clean with you. I love doing this show. Oh, wow. Wow. That's fucked wow, up because now hurts, we don't know. Man. That fucking hurts. <laughs> uh, I did really like... The moment where they were talking about their first kiss, and then she said prom, and he was like, oh, you're not saying that ironically. You're, uh, oh, this is an honest (laughs) moment. Like, that, it was just such a great kind of, like, microcosm of their whole kind of thing. It was really, it's really powerful, amazing stuff. And I think another big thing with them is we're playing against their innocence. The this, this whole season so far is like they both had their innocence taken away from them in the in the first episode. Uh, Starlight because of her situation with the deep, and then um, Huey when Robin's killed, and he just doesn't everything he believed is shattered. But they're still, despite what happened to them, they still have this innocent core, and we get to they get to show that to each other. But we get this fun complication that Huey is also lying to her. So he is not, he's betraying his innocence with this innocent thing, but you believe that he has these feelings, but at the same time uh, it it just was really they do a great job of just onioning, uh, if I may use a a professional term, um, all of this information for us. And it's um, called onioning because it makes you cry? Is that That's exactly right. That's exactly right. It's Um, called onioning because it's a very good on chili. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, laugh it up, Salvin. I can't believe you were like, oh, yeah, the old truth lie move that I do on everybody. I recognize <laughs> that right away. <laughs> well, Pete, let me ask you, did any of your um, Buddhist uh, Zen evil alarms go off when you saw Alex, since you have a fucking sense about it? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. We all we all got to see the real Salvin after that New York Comic Con. We, we know what went down. Oh, you're talking about when I pushed our booth man into yeah, the street. Yeah, when you pushed a, our <laughs> oh my booth God. man in front of a, a truck to save yourself. Listen, to be fair, in my defense, I had to save myself. <laughs> mm. uh, all right, a couple of other quick moments. Uh, one thing that I definitely wanted to ask Pete about in particular towards the end of the episode, after we get the flashback to Butcher. In the present, we see him making a hot pocket and eating it with a knife and fork. Yeah. Yes or no? No. 
No, you don't need a hot pocket with a knife and fork. I mean, first because off, you don't, if you, you don't do need that, hot pockets. It's too hot to put that in your mouth. You're a fucking. That's ridiculous. You wait until it's cool enough where you can pick it up with your hand. That way, you know it's safe to eat. Using a knife and the fork, you're, you might as well kiss all the skin on the roof of your fucking mouth goodbye. Which would be that's hard. That's hard to do because it's inside your mouth and it's hard to get your lips inside of your mouth to kiss them goodbye. Yes. No, right. No, Have a friend do it. <laughs> uh, Justin, any feedback about the Hot Pockets? Or? Uh, just don't hot eat Hot Pockets in general. Great. Uh, and we also got a little bit of setup of Oceanland. We touched about the on the dolphin thing, but that whole scene with the deep is very funny as the dolphin flies out the front, oh. horribly gets run over. So everything oh. that the deep does goes as horrible as possible. Uh, any other moments that you guys wanted to touch on? Uh, no, I think that, I mean, we hit all the big ones. They're so, so good. Such a good episode. Yeah, this is great stuff. Uh, great episode of the show. If you'd like to support us, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Uh, to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. We'll chat with you about the boys. Socially, here at four, the number four, the boys on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show. On iTunes in particular, please rate it and give it a comment. We appreciate those very much. Comic book club. Clublive.com for this podcast and more. And if you want to be my lover, you've got to get with my friends. <laughs> and that's us. <laughs> that's Pete and I. <laughs> and that's the truth. I just want to cheer. Let's get fun.